0: Yes, and that's what the faithfulness of God brings us. So thank you for those great songs we just sang. Yes, we've come to the end of our our studies in Joshua. We've been following the drama of Scripture from way back in, uh, uh, in Egypt. God's people in captivity on the treadmill, just totally stuck and Life just becoming a cycle of hardship speaks about life in our generation, doesn't it? The treadmill of life. And into that into that desperate situation burst the God of the burning bush. He erupted into that situation. And uh, there's that wonderful verse that we looked at way, way back at the beginning of this series. It's back in... Um, in Exodus, where the Lord says, I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering, so I have come down. The gospel is right there. That's the heart of God. I've, I've heard, I've seen. And maybe you're suffering at the moment and crying out to God. This is the God that we serve so we, we followed the drama, and God said he would bring them out and into a, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now they're there. Joshua has led them there. God has won the, pe- the, the, the war for them and brought them into the land. He's won the war for them. The question now, who's going to win the peace? They're there but who's going to win the peace how are they going to cope now that they're in the land it's the end of Joshua's life it's a it's a moment and Joshua's thinking how are these people going to cope going forward well i'm going to read a few read a bit from chapter 24 and we're going to be looking at the faithfulness of god and what it has to say to us i'm aware that clock is totally wrong so um Yes, we're okay. We're doing well. Okay, so Joshua 24. Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summons the elders, the leaders, the judges, officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. A bit like this morning, isn't it? Presenting ourselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, father of Abraham, and Nahor, they lived beyond the river Euphrates, and they worshipped other gods. But I took them, I took your father Abraham, from the land beyond the Euphrates. I led him throughout Canaan. I gave him descendants. I gave him Isaac. And Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the, the hill country of Seir to Esau. Jacob and his family went to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the, Ephesians, the, the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. And when I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea. The Egyptians, uh, the Egyptians uh, pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea, but they cried to the Lord for help, and he put them darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them. He covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. And then you lived in the wilderness for a long time, but I brought you into the land of the Amorites who lived east of Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. You get in the message. I destroyed them from before you, and you took position of their When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Baor, to put a curse on them. But I wouldn't listen to Balaam, so he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed over Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho came to fight against you, as did all those other guys, but I gave them into your hands. I sent hornets ahead of you, which drove them up before you. And the two Amorite kings, you didn't do it with your own sword and bow. I gave you the land on which you didn't toil, cities you didn't build, and you live in them, and you eat from vineyards, hooray, and olive groves that you didn't plant. Now, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away all those gods of your ancestors they worship beyond the Euphrates and serve the Lord. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors, the ones they served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites, the land you living. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. The people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents out of Egypt, from the land of slavery, and performed those great signs, he protected us on our entire journey. I'm going to stop there. Just jump to the end. After these things, Joshua said, the Lord died and he was buried. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders and outlived him and, and, and who experienced everything that the Lord had done for Israel, the faithfulness of God. A lot of you will remember that song, All You Need Is Love. Yeah? It's probably one of the first singles that I ever bought. Anyway, remember? all you need, The Beatles. Come on, I'm not the only one here. Surely, please, is there anyone else? All You Need Is Love. No one else? Oh, good, I'm feeling old here. All You Need Is Love. And it's true, we do want to be loved and accepted, don't we? We really, really do. You want, you want, there needs to be somewhere where you're loved for who you are, valued for who you are. We want to be loved. But then we talk about true love, because we recognize that very often love, it kind of comes and goes a bit and can blow hot and cold. So what we really, it's, All you need is love. Actually, what you really need is faithful love, covenant love. That's what you really need. That's what God offers to give to you. That's why, even in this cynical culture that we live in, people still love marriage and wedding. Because somehow it, it raises a flag that... A flag of hope in a broken world. We're, 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 we're believing for true love, lasting love. We, and so it has, it has, you know, perhaps more than ever, weddings have become huge deals, haven't they now, huge, because it's, it's a flag of hope. We want something that's going to last. So there's a paradox here. People love each other. And yet they recognize that somehow they, that they need help to, to, to keep it together for love to last. That's why we also love anniversaries. We've got one coming up soon. Hooray! Because we, it, it's celebrating something. And when, when you hear someone's been married for 30 years, you say, yay, great. Or I, mean, I'm, 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 I wonder what the highest is here this morning. Um, any 50s? It is, oh, there are, Brian and Elspeth, hooray, we love it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> now, by the way, I realise this is painful for some people, what I'm saying here, because this is what we long for, this is what we love, faithful love, we want it, don't we? And, it, and when we see it, we say, whoa, way to go, that's, that's precious. So there's a bit of a paradox, we love anniversaries. Well, that's what's going on here. In Joshua 24, it's a covenant renewal moment. It's a moment. And Joshua is saying to these people, come on, folks, this is a moment. Anniversaries are times to stop and look back and say, oh, well, oh, well. Oh, God's been good. God's kept us. It's, it's, it's a covenant renewal. That's what we call that in the Bible. And here's the thing. In the Bible, the heart of God's relationship with his people is a deep love that's guaranteed by a covenant. That's the way God deals with with people. It's not, you know, God is love, yes, but he's more than that. It's, he he binds himself to his people with covenant love. It's a solid, lasting, it's made promise. You, you've, in the Bible, the, the phrase everlasting love, I've loved you with an everlasting love. It's at the heart of the covenant, this love of God. The Hebrew word is hesed. It's beautiful. That This is at the heart of how God deals with people. Not just love, covenant, solid, rock solid, lasting, committed love. Do you need some of that? So jo- Joshua calls them together and he says, come on, I want to remind you. Don't forget, please don't lose sight of God's faithfulness. Did you see all those action words, all those verbi words there in uh, in Joshua 24? You know, I took Abraham. I I led. I gave. I, I emphasized it on the way through. Don't need to do it again. I've done all this. I took. I kept. I, I fought. You didn't do it with your own bow and arrow. I did it. I've brought you here where you are. Don't pl- And so uh, Joshua was saying, don't forget the faithfulness of God. And he would say to you and me this morning, don't forget the faithfulness of God. It's good to stop, to look back. At the end, he says, now. So, so on the basis of that, fear the Lord and serve him, love him, give your life to him. When you get a big vision of the faithfulness of God, how can you not but love him and give your life to him when you really get it? If you haven't got much of a heart for the Lord, maybe you haven't seen the extent of the faithful love of God for you. So, but then there's an exchange between Joshua and the people. There's a bit of a surprise in verse 19. Joshua said, I don't, you're not able to serve the Lord. I, he, he looks at them, they all say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's saying, I don't know. I've, I've watched you these years. I'm not sure you can do it. It's a, it's a strange verse. What, what's going on here? He'd seen how fickle people are. Hey, folks, he, he, you know, he, he'd seen that. And there's an urgency in his voice as he speaks to the people for the last time. He's, he's an old man. He's, he's, he's getting on and, 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 and his time's short and he, he wants to say, oh, please, don't, don't lose sight of the faithfuls of God. Just love him, serve him. I'm going to preach in two parts. So The band would like to come up. And I'm going to draw this to a close in a moment. And he says, choose you this day. He knows the urgency of life. He's an old man. When you get a bit older, you recognize the urgency of the moment. Y- you might be, well, young, younger. Don't, Please don't think one day I'll get myself right with God. You, you don't know the length of your days. You really, really don't. Choose this day. It's urgent. Same as David in Psalm 95, where he says, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Take care. The the writer to the Hebrews takes up the same theme. Dear brothers and sisters, take care unless an unbelieving heart slips in. You forget about the faithfulness of God, and you drift off. On that note... I'm going to sing a song and then we'll come back again. You see, we've come to the end of the book of Joshua. Joshua's about to die. And basically, the story is crying out for another Joshua. Joshua's going to be dead. He can't help them anymore. And it's, the story is left with a, this crying out for another Joshua who's going to help them walk with the Lord. Dave, let's sing. Let's stand together and then I'll do part two. But this is the good bit. Well, I hope it's all helpful, but um, how would it turn out? God's covenant, this marriage between God and his people. How's it going to work out? Joshua had his doubts. How does the story continue? Well, if you go into the book of Judges, oh, my word, it is really quite a depressing book. It's a recycle, you know. Again, the people of God did evil in the sight of the Lord. And again, God raised up someone to bring them through. And again, they did evil. It was on and on, this cycle of broken promises, this cycle of disappointment. God's people just couldn't live up to it. They prefer, they, the, 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 the draw of the culture around them just continued to get the better of them. Hey, there's a lot for us here as, as Christians. You know, the culture around them just kept sucking them in. And they'd rather do what comes naturally in the culture rather than honor God and love Him. The drag of the culture just again and again wrecked it. That's so what did God do? God sent the prophets. That's what the, prof, the prophets just came to, 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 to pour out the heart of God to his people. That's what the prophet, that's that's why they came. Let me read some of the words of the prophets. Isaiah chapter one. Him, this is it's God crying out. Hear me, O heavens and O earth. Like calling uh, all of creation to to witness what's going on. He said, um, uh, I reared children and I brought them up, but they've rebelled against me. I mean, the ox knows its master and even the donkey knows its owner's manger, but Israel doesn't know. My people don't know me. A donkey knows where its home is better than you do. It goes on through the prophets, and perhaps most poignantly, in Hosea, you read, you hear the heart of God. I want you to hear the heart of a faithful God for you this morning. Hosea 1, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I I called my son, but the more they were called, the more they went away from me, and they sacrificed their and they burnt incense to the images. I t- it was me who taught Ephraim to walk. Lovely picture. I, I taught them to walk, taking them by the hand, but they didn't realize it was me who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like the one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I bent down to feed them. This is the heart of God. God, perfect in love and faithfulness. But the people just, they couldn't reciprocate. They, they couldn't do it. They've they, they got wayward hearts. We all find it difficult, don't we? We do. We've got, we, we know we've got wayward hearts. We hurt the people we love, don't we? We do. I do. You do. We've got wayward hearts. And we allow our emotions to take us to places we really should not be going. But I want to tell you that this isn't the end of the story. The prophets start to get some, whoa, something, God's going to do something about this. God's going to do something. You all know perhaps one of the most amazing prophecies in the Old Testament, Isaiah. He he suddenly he's having this vision. Goodness me, who's going to believe our message? Who's going to believe the arm of the Lord being revealed? He grew up like a tender shoot, like a root of a dry ground, no beauty or majesty, nothing in his appearance we should desire him. He was despised and rejected. I'm out of suffering. Acquainted with grief. What's happening? Surely he took our pains and he bore our suffering. We considered to be punished by God, but he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was put on him. What does God do to the, in the face of this betrayal? He pours out more love and he takes the pain and the sting and the all, the all the pain you and I ever felt through the failures of our lives, he took it all on himself, on his son, on Jesus. <laughs> this is this is the love of God. Isaiah 54, the next chapter. And, and this is lovely. Isaiah's it, it, getting excited. He's looking down the years. Your maker is your husband. remember? The Lord Almighty is his name, the Holy One of Israel. He's now your redeemer. He's paid for you again. He, he didn't just bring you to birth. He's redeemed you. He's the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted. Distressed, a wife who married young only to be rejected, said God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you. Do you know about the faithfulness of God? Is this good? Please, is this good? It's wonderful. It's astonishing. Says, I didn't read the last bit. Says the Lord, your Redeemer brought you back by the blood of Jesus. There's another Joshua. There's another Joshua. It's Jesus. In fact, Jesus, Joshua, when you translate that word from the Hebrew, it's the same word. The covenant's been renewed. (laughs) This is what Christianity is all about. The faithful love of God, the covenant. That's why we call it the new covenant. Jesus called it the new covenant in my blood. It's a new covenant. So that you and I could be brought back. Is that good? I think it's very good. This is the, the Christian faith. Listen to this. Tom Wright, speaking about the love of God. This is a good quote. Listen to this. Jesus is the waterfall. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the outflowing streams. The Father is the lake, the source, as well as the sea into which all the water flows. But it's the same water. God is love. That's what it's like. Faithful love. And this narrative of scripture that we've been studying in the book of Joshua, it all begins to focus down in a blinding spotlight on the person of Jesus. That's where it's all going. He's the new Joshua. And here's the thing. John told us, the disciple John says, he loved us to the end. This is the faithful love of God. He loved us to the end. Do you know where he wrote that? Well, he's describing the Last Supper in John 13. I'll read it. Just before the, first, the Passover festival, Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who are in the world. He loved them to the end. Do you know what he did next? He got up and washed their feet this is the faithful love of God, knowing that one of them was going to betray him in a few minutes' time. This is the faithfulness of God. Do you know, Do you know it? Do you know it? And, and then, of course, when Jesus died and rose again, later in that, in the uh, Last Supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the, the covenant, this is the blood of the a new covenant in my blood. <laughs> covenant renewal for you and for me. People who've blown it. People who can't live up to what even their own standards, let alone anyone else's. It's beautiful. Another quote from Tom Wright, speaking about John 3.16. Does everybody know John 3.16? Anybody here know John 3.16? One, two, three. For God, so loved that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you. Thank you. This Is wonderful. Tom Wright says this about John 3.16. John 3.16 applies to the whole book, the whole Bible, to the whole world. It invites us to see the entire drama of creation, the planets, the mountains, the far reaches of the cosmic space, the tiniest creatures on the earth, the refugee, the sick child, the grieving widow, the brittle and the arrogant power broker, and the creator of God who made them all, loves them all, and grieves over their folly with wickedness for their sorrow. This is the heart of God. Is this good news? Dear folks, as I close, perhaps the band could come up. Christianity is not about trying to make yourself good enough. It's about realizing that you need help. That you need a saviour that you need covenant love, covenant love, unchanging love. And I want to just say something for Christians this morning who maybe are battling a bit with the faithfulness of God. Maybe thinking to yourself, where's God right now for me? Where is he? What's he doing Maybe you've just tripped up and you haven't done well this week and you're feeling, God, I've I have think you love me a little bit less than you did yesterday. Do you ever feel that? Do you ever feel maybe God loves you a little bit less today than you did yesterday because you've just not done well? Do you? I, I do. I'm tempted to feel that. Are you? We all are. Well, in case you're feeling like that, I'm going to give you a quote from Charles Spurgeon. preacher it's a quote from this little book gentle and lowly which is on the bookstore this morning at a very good price it's a sermon called a faithful friend a faithful friend and he says this Christ loved you before all worlds long before the day star flung his ray across the darkness, before the wing of angel had flapped the unnavigated air, before anything in creation had struggled from the womb of nothingness, God, even our God, had set his heart upon all his children. Listen, since that time Has he once swerved? Has he once turned aside? Once changed? No! You who have tasted of his love and know his grace will bear me witness. He has been a certain friend in uncertain circumstances. You've often left him. Has he ever left you? You've had many trials and troubles. Has he ever deserted you? Has he ever turned away his heart, shut up his bowels of compassion? No, children of God, it is your solemn duty to say no and bear witness to his Father, I want to pray for everyone in this building this morning and those watching online right now. Lord, in this moment, through your word, would you give us a fresh revelation of your faithful covenant love towards us? We read those beautiful words, of, like a father treating a child teaching a child to walk, holding his hand. That's your heart. And then we come on to this wonderful covenant renewal in your blood, Lord Jesus, dying on the cross to bring us close. Lord, I pray right now, especially for those who are struggling to see your faithfulness. Maybe they're crying out, God, where are you? Where are you? By your spirit, would you come and give a fresh revelation of your covenant, steadfast, rock solid, everlasting love. In Jesus' name.